Hey, just before we get into today's episode, just to let you know, this discussion went on for a while. So we're going to split it up into two parts. This is part one. Double trouble, baby. Double trouble. So be on the lookout for part two. You are listening to Aim for the Bushes. I'm your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And with me today is a special podcast person, Alex. Hello, hello. What is up, my dude? Hi, hi, hi. I'm glad to be back. Yes, you are back. N- not back, though, is Dexter. Normally, you guys are a pair. I'm deeply saddened by this. He apparently had to spend time with his girlfriend or whatever. Ew. I, uh, not a dig at them. I love them very much. They're some of my closest friends. <laughs> uh, Dexter, I'm not huge on, so it's okay. <laughs> I'll wait till he hears this if he even listens. I don't know. He does. We both actually listen to this thing. Can you imagine? Oh, shit. To- okay, yeah. you heard it here for, first, folks. <laughs> the people I have on sometimes listen to the episodes. Awesome. What can I say? What can I say? We're trying to be authentic, unlike some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about oh, in this yes. episode. Oh, yes. We're going to get to that in a second. Today's topic, however, is corporations are not your friend. Now, just before, just before we get into it, though, our non-legal legal disclaimer which is simply that the opinions that we express today are simply our opinions. So you can agree, you can disagree. We're not saying that our views are the only correct views, the only correct opinions, but we recognize other opinions exist and they may or may not be valid. You might be a slave to capitalism if you uh, don't agree with us today, but that's just, (laughs) that's just, that's just me. That's okay. (laughs) A lot of people are. So I mean, on one hand, before, get before, we get into capitalism? <laughs> before we get into that, we're looking into and looking into capitalism there. I mean, it is tough. I will preface that of escaping the capitalistic system. It's kind of really like Mother Courage and her children. If you, I don't know if you've read that play. Ooh, Bertolt Brecht. Yeah. Oh, okay, you know it. So it, it's kind of like you're stuck in a system and how do you get out of it? That's part of the takeaway of what we're going to be discussing today. Yeah. It's kind of like... That's all well and good, but you don't really have much option. So I understand why people, some people might be stuck on the whole capitalist uh, mm-hmm. thing. I love to dig at, cap- at capitalism, but I'm very much entrenched in it. So oh, yeah, don't. I mean, we all are. So we all are. It's okay. So the other thing to note is that if the audio quality is off, it is because of the method by which we are recording during the pandemic. So If some sounds are a little bit different, the quality might be a little bit lower compared to how we would normally do things because we're doing this over the internet. So just keep that in mind. We are are several miles away from each other. Normally we'd be in Pavlo's living room. Yes. So we record. Spit in his eye if I didn't like what he said. Okay. (laughs) It gets heated sometimes when we're recording. I have yet to have a heated session of this, but. Maybe one of these days we'll have to have a session where me and Dexter and you have like different things. Like we're not just agreeing. We're not on on the same page. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Okay. So yes, as, as we've said at the beginning of the episode, and if you read the title and the episode description, you know, we're talking about corporations are not your friend. So what does that mean? Exactly. Corporations are not your friend. You may or may not notice, depending on how media savvy you are or are not, corporations tend to try to appeal to you on a personal level in their advertising and when they give out public statements and uh, when they participate in public events. This is all part, at least I'm arguing, of their want or need to kind of control their public perception or control their public narrative. So they do these things not to uh, whatever the cause they're trying to push. So sometimes it could be environmentalistic causes or it could be other social issues. They're trying to seem as though they're on board with, but ultimately they're not because companies that are only beholden to their shareholders and their main goal is to extract profit for their investors or shareholders. So that's always something we have to keep in mind is that companies aren't for me or for you. Therefore, Even they're shareholders. To be. Well, exactly. That's why they pretend or they like to put out that perception. Yeah. One, one of the are. things that I'm going to I'm going to talk about a lot, or at least that I think this is, is like it's definitely 
an advertising thing, right? It all comes down to a, com- a corporation's or a company's way to advertise themselves, right? For sure. Which is what we're seeing and the different ways in which uh, they're doing that in the 21st century is really interesting and like a little vile at the same time in a lot of ways, right? For sure. You can argue that. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Just before, I guess just uh, we'll back it up just a little bit on uh, uh, a small note I have like on advertising. So I guess you could say in the early days of advertising, I mean, this can still be true depending on like the industry itself, but a lot of early advertising or a certain type of early, early advertising focused on like benefits of using a certain product. It was more like yeah. informational. So you should use our product because it does X, Y, Z. So it'll make you mm-hmm. smart. It'll make you sexy. It'll make you slim. It'll make you strong, right? Those kind yeah. of like attributes uh, or it'll make work easier for you, right? If you're trying to sell like a washing machine or a dishwasher, it's yeah. going to highlight the advantages. Exactly. I actually watched some of my research for this video was mostly rewatching three wisecrack videos uh, that uh, if you that I will talk about, I'll I'll link the title to when I talk about them. Uh, But one of them specifically was called Why Are Ads Different? Like today, the way or the way in which advertisers are different today and not kind of goes over the whole history of that. So I can talk I can kind of talk about that if you want. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Go, go, go off. So like. uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So basically, it's like, yeah. So talking about like old advertising ads basically developed or at least the the beginning of advertisement as we know it today kind of started off uh as more of like a uh what's what's known in advertising as a hard sell kind of tactic right highlighting the kind of efficiency of a product right like telling you why you'll need it and this is very common at the like uh, final decades of the 19th century, we're seeing a tr- we th- was noticed a trend of advertising trying to rebrand consumerism as a force of progress. Right. Uh, so, like spotlighting the power of the consumer to like contribute to like American progress by like choosing the right products, which definitely like fit into the political values of the time, right? Uh, which celebrated like morality and efficiency. And I think that's like kind of the key phrase here is that advertising will always ref- try to reflect at least the cultural and socio political. Uh, realities of the time yep which is why like ads today because in the 21st century like we're, i feel or at least i feel why we're coming where the public consciousness of identity issues and race issues is, or is becoming bigger and more more widespread right advertisers are starting to fit that more into their narrative right but what's different here is like when you get to like the turn of the century and you start going into a different kind of school of advertising mm-hmm. the soft sell which is what you were talking about right promising uh, like more atmospheric ads that are promising certain kinds of lifestyles or attributes to the consumer based on buying their product. And I think that's where it starts to get a little more insidious. And that's definitely where corporations ads and like how they brand themselves are going more towards. Yeah. Right. Or let's at least how we see that. Right. We see that in like, I don't know, like the, the, the cigarette ads that like tell you, Oh, that is completely safe. Like you'll be a better man for it. Like be the man of your house with a camel cigarette. Like, Yeah, no, exactly. And it, 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 please go for it. Yeah. Sorry. I don't mean to cut you off there, but it no, does no. touch on, you touched on something there, which was the word brand. And that's kind of like a large shift. Now, I think I've seen that video, but like a long time ago, I don't watch it for this, but I have read about branding in general and we see a shift from like that kind of selling type of advertising like directly whether or not it uh, influences your lifestyle or if it's because this product will better suit you kind of thing mm-hmm. we shift away from why this is good for you this kind of more logical approach to something like branding which is more emotional right branding kind of defines who you are as a yes. person so you don't just look at a product as if it's useful to me. So a good example of this is Apple. And I always like bringing up Apple, whether I'm criticizing them or if I'm praising them. Fuck Apple. <laughs> because I use their product. So, I mean, I have PC. an iPhone <laughs> and I have like an iMac and a MacBook and all this stuff. I like their I stuff. Like, well, you got to buy something. You got to buy something. Okay. <laughs> all brands do this. Apple's just a good example of it. You're right. Yeah. Go, go for it. Go because for it. When You're you, completely right. Because when you buy an Apple product, it's not just because of the tech specs or whatever, or the benefits of Mac OS, or I don't know, whatever you want to highlight, or of using an iPhone, the simplicity, whatever. It's an extension of who you are as a person. This is where branding comes in. So mm-hmm. you're the company for me as someone who is suave and sophisticated and different from others. That's what I identify with if I'm buying from Apple. Now, when you buy a product from Apple, you're not necessarily thinking all those things. 
in your head, but it's something mm-hmm. that kind of happens on a subconscious level. It's you might not even absolutely. be aware of it. Yeah, it's absolutely a, a subconscious thing. And, and it's like, there's so many factors in determining that, right? It's like their marketing, their design. Yeah. I think it's very, I think it's kind of cool and also a little like weird, right? That like Apple has like a kind of cult following around it that's why we it's funny i made the joke before like pc better right yeah like but the the pc versus apple debate is inherently sparked by branding right for sure yeah because it sets you apart right if you're someone that uses an apple product you're different from someone who uses a pc or if you use an iphone Mm -hmm. and you got that blue bubble you're different from those green bubbles right you stand out you're special and exactly. branding gets at the, at the heart of this kind of move to this kind of advertising because it appeals to your emotions, which are irrational. So it doesn't matter if something is technically or logically a better option for you because your emotions mm-hmm. take over and you connect on that level, regardless yeah. of if it's actually better or worse for me. That's why we kind of see every periodically every now and then people complaining about Apple products. We always hear about the battery, like a built-in obsolescence, which I don't always agree with, but those kind of ideas come out and the majority of people don't care because... I'm sorry, do you not believe in planned obsolescence? It is a thing that exists. I think like most things on the internet, it's uh, (sighs) over-exaggerated. Because obviously it has to exist on some point because they want you to buy every year, right? A new phone or whatever oh especially phones because i think computers people hang on to more and like uh, like uh, tablets and stuff like that mm-hmm. or uh, maybe even the watch too i don't know how their watch sales are well just using apple as an example but it's the same thing like they want you to buy a new phone every year so i'm sure something happens but i don't think it's as as big a deal as some people make it out to be okay Right? Take, that was a, that was a well thought out uh, point of view. So I will I will take that. The real thing is something like like you want planned obsolescence, something like light bulbs, right? Something you don't really think about. Have you ever come across stories where you'll see a light bulb that's been working for like a hundred years or something like that? I've never seen a light bulb you last see- more than I don't know, fuck, uh, six months. Okay, <laughs> if you look it up, if you Google it, I think I want to say like around Boston. I'm sure there's a couple that exist in the world. There's like a light bulb that's still burning from like 100 years ago or 110 years what? ago. Something like Are you I know. It seems no, yeah, yeah. I'm serious. It seems unfathomable now, but light bulbs used to last a really fucking long time, and then wow. light bulb makers were like, oh shit, no one's buying light bulbs, so we have to make <laughs> it so that they're shittier. Oh, that makes sense. So that you'll buy it. Huh. Interesting. So it does have planned obsolescence, but no one gives a shit about that. No one one cares about That's true. Yeah. I guess like because it's a light bulb, you don't think, I guess it's been like that for so long. No one remembers anymore. It's not, it's not the priciest commodity, right? Like No, but it's annoying. I hate having to buy light bulbs. (laughs) <laughs> like when they burn out, like I have a couple in my apartment that are burnt out and I'm just, I'm so pissed off that I have to go buy another light bulb that I've not That's replaced you them. To, you always have to buy, have, you always have to have spare light bulbs around the house. Bubble. Yeah, but some of them are different sizes though. For these <laughs> lights, it's not a normal like 60 watt or the equivalent of the new design uh, 60 okay. watt light bulb, you know? It's not a standard one. It's one of those smaller ones. Mm-hmm. So it's always freaking annoying. I hate that shit. <laughs> get back to what we were talking yeah, about yeah circle back there <laughs> just circle back uh we about were talking branding. about like about branding yeah i was like I, I thought that was really interesting that you said this idea of like the individuality and the it's playing on your your personality and your like subconscious right yeah uh is actually a thing that i found uh like in the 1950s with the rise uh and pro- rising prominence of psychology like advertisers actually incorporated that kind of thing yep. into the way that they advertised right trying because they basically you know that whole thing of like oh consumers don't really know what they want but they just seek items for like sex and security right um right. definitely played into that and i think it's still in a in a way oh, not in a way very much still plays into it even though the medium in which we receive branding from corporations and how they try to sell themselves and make up their own image has changed. You know, we can talk for forever. We can talk later about like how the TV and the internet changed so many things, right? Like a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the reason why we're ty- even having this conversation today is because the medium in which we're receiving these things has changed the way in which corporations can paint themselves, right? To yeah. try to be our friend. Yeah, of course. I think, uh, I think it's really, really sick. That's all I wanted to talk about. We bring up the psychology of it. No, that's a fair point. That's definitely something that goes in. A lot of research goes into small things that you wouldn't think matter, like color, right? Obviously, you're yeah. mentioning like packaging, design, 
fonts, like all that mm-hmm. stuff, uh, you know, you think, well, what does it matter? But on some level, like whatever it is, however they get to you, you small, you th- just think, oh, I exactly. like the look of that, that thing. Like, that's it. There you go. Boom. They got you there. I remember a book that I read uh, called Obsessive Branding Disorder, right? They say with the branding, they, this is why you see like, as just an example, like Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. lip gloss. Well, you like, you see the I, logo. Never seen a, you never Dr. seen Dr. Pepper, Pepper lip gloss? gloss? It's actually pretty good. I, does, but, does it taste like Dr. Pepper? <laughs> kind of. But that's why you have those like cross promotions or collaborations, yeah. whatever you want to call them. It's because mm-hmm. it's an extension of your thing. So that's just an example, Doc, because you think like, why would Dr. Pepper have a lip gloss, right? Why, why would you yeah. cross that thing? But it's basically to get you like at any price point. So mm-hmm. like you see that with uh, like going back to Apple as an example with like the different products that they have. So maybe I can't get a MacBook because it's expensive or maybe I can't get an iPhone, at least uh, buy it the phone outright that it being subsidized by uh, purchasing it with like uh, a, a, a carrier a credit or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, like a phone phone provider, like service provider, but I can get something else that's cheaper, but and still have the Apple like be part of the, the experience there or whatever. Right. Yeah. Another example um, would be like for shoes, like for Nike, you have mm-hmm. and, and like Air Jordans and stuff, because, you know, if you haven't paid attention to a few episodes like talking about shoes. The reason why I bring that up is because you have like these high profile collabs, whether it's Jordan or Nike or whatever, it could be Adidas, whatever the shoemaker is or the shoe brand is. They have these high, high profile collabs, super limited. And the reason why they're super limited is not because they don't want to make more sales because obviously they can make more sales because people just are always like, why don't they just make more? So let's say they make a shoe, a, a collaboration shoe. There's 10,000 pairs that they put out in the world, right? That's super mm-hmm. rare. And you might think, well, why don't they put out like a million or two million? Because obviously no, the they're ra- going to sell. The rarity sell. Is, what pe- is what people want. Exactly. But the the rarity is what people want, but also to get you interested mm. in, in the brand itself. So that to be interested in Nike, okay, I can't get this shoe or Jordan. I can't get this Jordan shoe. Yeah. But there are these other Jordan shoes, like for the Air Jordan 1, for example, the, the highs. There's one coming out, I think, November 14th, another one. Going to be super hard to get, this Air Jordan 1. But we have Air Jordan 1 lows, and we have Air Jordan 1 mids. And those are a lot cheaper. And those are more available. You can get that one more easily than, like, one of the, one of the highs. And that's part of it. So that's having a lower price point that's more widely available. Interesting. Because you can't get that, the one that you want. But, hey, I can get this one. So I can still yeah. be part of of the experience i can still wear an air jordan one for example or even if i can't get the one that i actually want and and when they have these hype releases it's to get your attention so that you buy their because they don't make that much money on these things it's just about creating awareness brand awareness right right it's making hype they're hyping themselves exactly and that's kind of like how they kind of get you in at these different price points yeah that's really cool. I, I, I like the perspective that you're taking, uh, which is like, sure, branding like exists and is out there, but it definitely it plays more on people's like idea of individuality and their own branding yeah. rather than like trying to make something of themselves and projecting that onto people. You, you're very much pl- you're placing more like onus on people than at least I was giving them credit for, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really cool. Still with with the branding and advertising, mm-hmm. we'll take it to because you said the 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 medium by which we yes. kind of like experience advertising and things going on in the world, news going on in the world, uh, how we take in entertainment, all that stuff. Obviously, it's changed over time as technology changes and uh, in certain ways improves. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the things is uh, social media there. Yeah. Right? So the rise of like Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, uh, You're especially about first person Twitter accounts from fucking companies. Yes. This is another <laughs> way that companies try to reach you again and seem as though they're just like you or me. Right. So I say they're not your friends. They're trying to get you to look at them as though they're people because we've heard that line before. Right. Corporations are people. In a legal sense, in the advertising aspect, the uh, the people have used like Twitter just as an example because I think it's the most accessible in terms oh, of how corporations are now able to interact compared to 
just like seeing ads and I guess Facebook too, but Twitter, I think is a little bit more instantaneous compared to ads, right? Where you would see a poster or you hear a radio ad or, you know, before you're watching a movie, which is the thing I hate the most when I got to sit through fucking 15 minutes of ads before the trailer start (laughs) TV, right? And a magazine, other ads, you know, what yeah <laughs> trailers are just movies, at least at least it's related <laughs> fuck man i want to see what's coming out for, for films i don't want to see a fucking car commercial that doesn't look like a you know it's like it's always i'm always are you guessing telling me if, if, are you telling me if the car commercial was branded towards the movie that you were gonna watch you'd be more interested in watching the car commercial no but car commercials are <laughs> like all commercials now are just like what what is it they're trying to sell right Cause they all have mm-hmm. like some weird fucking sophisticated plot and yeah. you're like, I'm always like, okay, this is a car commercial. And then it's like, turns out it's like, no, it's like a gum commercial and it's this action pack thing and avant-garde art house piece. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like chew gum at the end. And you're like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Why? They, they yeah, do that. I- no, it's so Again, true. It's so true. I was gonna, I was gonna talk a little bit about that, about the way that like advertising has changed, uh, is like fucking weird these days. Do you want to get into Twitter accounts? Yeah, first, we will. Or? We will. We'll get to that. So the, the reason <laughs> okay. I bring up the Twitter again is because this is how corporations can kind of reach you directly and direct like instantaneously with, I guess you can call them fans or customers. So it's not just like complaints or call, like let's questions. Call them what they are. Consumers. Consumers. Oh, that's the other word. Yeah, customers. Consumers. Right. They can interact directly with them and instantaneously with them. So you'll see things like, for example, the Wendy's account, like the hamburger uh, fast food chain, Wendy's. They do a thing where they periodically roast other brands. It's weird. Sometimes when you just see brands like uh, Twitter accounts talking with one another, it's it's like fucking weird. I have a really great, uh, I, I told Pavel this before the episode, but I took a bunch of screenshots. I'm re- I'm new to Twitter, uh, by which I mean I got Twitter when I was uh, 14, uh, made maybe like three tweets and then not was not active until, you know, last week. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> but I like went through it and looked at some brands and took some screenshots of really funny uh, and really weird tweets like that that I yeah. thought were cool. And like with speak, like one of them is this like chain of like Sunny D, uh, Sunny D, and then Uber <laughs> responds, and then Sunny D responds again. Sunny D starts off with, "I can't do this anymore. No punctuation." Yeah. Uber Eats responds, "You okay, bro?" Question yeah. mark. Oh, I think I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with like their hands praying emoji yeah. twice. What in the world? I don't know what that is. Again, that's that's part of them controlling their narrative. So they're funny. And then you may think it's inconsequential. It's because it is funny. Like, look, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll share one here with the, the Wendy's. Like, This is Wendy's roasting people, right? Yeah. So a question comes in from uh, Twitter user Devin Peacock says, Wendy's at Wendy's. How much does a Big Mac cost? And then Wendy's response is your dignity, right? So obviously he's roasting ooh, ooh. this guy and McDonald's. And McDonald's, yeah. Which is funny. Like if you read that, obviously it's funny. Like some of the responses Michael, are pretty good. I, I kind of chuckled. They're clever. <laughs> and you got to think, well, why are they doing this? I, again, I may have, I, oh, yeah, have go, an answer go, to that. Go for it. At least from, what I, from the stuff that I was looking at. So Twitter, at least, is a very interesting kind of medium for that because... Uh, a Twitter account is not like having like a Facebook page, right? It very much like makes kind of like we were talking about the corporation seem like an individual. Yes. And we'll note that like a lot, well, we we see that like in a lot of these kinds of tweets, these corporations accounts use like the first person, right? They refer to themselves as I yeah. and like are beasts of the shit, right? Uh, and I was, re- I was watching this one video. Uh, it's called How Brands Got Depressed. Uh, also by <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the main thing of that was like talking about like the Burger King ads uh, reflect like getting making it seem really down and shit. And they talked about how like first person brands are able to like become people and like reflect a kind of realness and authenticity, authenticity in marketing and branding. That and they're like trading that in and for their like corporate you know sheen to kind of become to feel more relatable. Yes, like people to like quote unquote the normal person, right? Uh, and they get into this whole thing about how like advertisers like nowadays, or at least in the last 
decade or so, because this is definitely when this kind of started coming up, right? Uh, changed the way that they're advertising towards something, the words like more irony, more like self-deprecating kind of ads, right? Yeah. Uh, giving themselves some personality to fit a demographic or an audience who kind of grew up with ads instead of like, you know, the post-World War II gen who was like f- getting ads like fresh with fresh eyes, right? You people like you and me who were like in their in their mid 20s, mid to late 20s, like grew up with like branding their whole lives. Right. So we're like inherently a little more cynical and a little more like media savvy. Right. When it comes to that kind of thing. So changing the game in terms of ad and making you your corporation seem like a person makes you exactly like what you were. And we might talk about this later, like makes people think like, oh, like, oh, I love like Old Spice. They're the Terry Crews is so, so hilarious. And the the other Old Spice guy. Yeah. Not going to lie. I love the old spice commercials they did their 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 advertising works really well on me like ladies <laughs> look at your man and look back at me <laughs> and look back at your man again and i like again it's funny because it, like you know humor is always something that has has worked in terms of mm-hmm. like relatability and stuff like that uh, when you mention authenticity yeah i think the the shift towards again humor and using that kind of like sarcasm and like the self-deprecation again is to create a layer of authenticity in your interactions whether it's responding or directing a question or uh, an action towards uh, one of these twitter brands because when you don't have the authenticity when when you're not saying something or using a certain vocabulary properly you stick out now there's the one classic example of like a banner ad so that's like on a website of McDonald's, like a little little strip of ad on a website. If you're not clear what a banner ad is, it's like the ads you see like Usually on the top or like, side. It like pops up, yeah. Yeah, or like in the middle of an article if you're reading or something, right? Uh, was, I don't know if this was real. I think it was real, but it could also have been fake. <laughs> this is from like a while ago. This is like from fucking mid 2000s, some shit. It okay. was, uh, what was, it was like, a, a, let's say Big Mac but some burger at McDonald's, let's just say a Big Mac sure. for like three bucks or it is American for like three bucks. So the, the, the response was I'd hit that. And it's like, Ooh, no, you, you clearly do not know <laughs> what you're saying. Right. So when you, you miss, that's kind of genius, that, I... that's funny. <laughs> but in this case, it makes it sound like you want to fuck a burger. <laughs> It, but it's unintentionally funny. I don't think that's oh. the goal that they were Wait, going oh, for. Oh, did you not think that that was intentional? No, 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 no. That, oh, is, that is the case where a corporation is trying to use, uh, you know, young people, hip lingo yeah, and not yeah. understanding it. It's like when you're like, what up, my fellow young people? You know. Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> you know, it's just like, no, you, you clearly you don't, don't use it. that correctly. Yeah, right. that's actually really uh, really funny. Uh, in another thing that I was watching, we think that like this is this like uh, just u- like using appropriate uh, young people slang and like trying to get to the young people thing is more of a recent thing. But there's like that's that shit started like in the '60s, uh, I believe it, where yeah. where like blatant uh, hostility to consumerism brought on by like counterculture and hippies uh, made advertisers like change their game, right? And that's the first time that we kind of see like uh, their so ads starting to embrace like creativity um liberty and like sticking it to the man kind of thing uh they ended up they they used like they targeted youths with like psychedelic imagery uh and younger models uh piggybacked off of like the civil rights movement and women's rights movement even by like co-opting their message into advertising yep Uh, so this is like nothing new for those of you who might be thinking oh my god i never thought of this no no part of co-opting any kind of niche social movement is part of how the mainstream maintains like it's uh yeah. the, the status quo basically is by incorporating Absolutely. into it so once it's productized you know and you got your t-shirt and you got your official hat of whatever movement it is it's done it's over like it's part of the mainstream now <laughs> dunked <laughs> and so everyone gets on it right so it's the same thing like uh for example like with comics right when mm. when you were younger and star trek and stuff like that these things are considered nerdy and you know, kind of lame and you're a little geek if you liked it, right? And then it be, kind of becomes mainstream. This, and But this is not an example of counterculture things, but just this as an example. Is a, this is a throwback to our previous, yeah. previous episode. Just <laughs> as an example of like, again, socially, like it wasn't 
nearly as accepted. You were kind of seen as a loser, but then it kind of mm-hmm. becomes popular mainstream. Now everyone likes it. So the same thing happens for like these smaller movements. They be like, if you remember after Trump was inaugurated four years ago, we had like that woman's march, right? And you had like the pussy hats and all that yeah. shit, right? Once that becomes like a thing that you can go out and buy, like I said, it becomes productized. It's like, it's not a thing anymore. Right. There's, when of, there's merch, it's over. Biden 2020. Yes. I mean, that did happen today. We're recording today where it was finally announced. Now, I mean, Biden, oh, this is a little tangent. Biden is still like the status quo, but it's a lot better, True. I think, than, than Trump. So like on that level, I think we're going to uh, be a little better. But anyways, back Woo-woo. to yes. <laughs> back to uh, uh, the Twitter and uh, how companies yeah. use it here. I have another example that uh, we're going to take yeah, a look us, at briefly tweets, here is from Shell, right? Which is a big oil company. Now, if you know, oh, if you haven't heard this, this, this rag yet, it is tasty. If you know oil companies, they're kind of like a big reason why we are having some of the environmental issues that we're having right what? now in terms of global. Well, I know they don't use global warming anymore, but climate change. Fossil fuels contribute to climate change? Yes, because for a long time, like many companies that are leaders of their industries that are targeted for whatever bad thing that they're doing, they don't want to admit that a bad thing is happening. So we talked about cigarettes a bit earlier. For a long time, cigarette companies maintained that cigarettes did not cause any kind of cancer. Mm -hmm. They weren't harmful at all. It was just kind of people overreacting and freaking out. Right? But they had the data. That's the thing. They had the data. They knew it was harmful. And you have the same thing like for car companies. A lot mm. of the designs from like the 50s, 60s, 70s were actually very deadly if you ever got into a car accident. So you would have like uh, sharp objects that were in the interior of the car, like a steering column, like all the dashboard, all that was very rigid. So if you got into a front end collision, basically the engine would push everything back. So you would get crushed oh, by the engine block and getting pushed on you. Uh, really? you know, the steering column, yeah, could impale you sharp objects inside. You know, it was very like if you were in a car wreck, you would get absolutely mangled. So what car companies did was instead of uh, changing their designs, like kind of what you have now, where you have like crumple zones, uh, you have like uh, move the carbon fiber chassis, airbags, all that kind of stuff. Instead of, of doing that, which eventually they had to do because of like, you know, people protesting and government intervention. Finally, they right. said, oh, it's not our car designs that are a problem it's that you're not driving well so you have to be a better driver more responsible to not get it's fine if you don't get into an accident which isn't always the best thing in terms of like your safety right it's just kind of like sometimes like you're working with a big saw there's no guards or something like that you you slip your fingers come off people it's like oh well the giant death machine if you didn't slip and you put your hand in front of the blade you would have been fine so it's your fault technically right it's that kind of attitude which doesn't really make sense Actually, this is another yes. tangent, but I saw a very similar thing um, talking about why jaywalking is considered oh, illegal. Yeah, it's the same uh, idea, too. Yeah, it's the same idea, right? Like, people were, like, when cars started becoming more popular in cities, like, more accidents were happening. And the automotive industry lobbied to have, like, laws to criminalize, to, it, to, yeah. to criminalize jaywalking so that they wouldn't be liable anymore. Instead of, you know, the giant death machines that we drive around at like several kilometers per hour. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Or at the, per hour for you American folks. Because <laughs> at the turn of the century when cars started being popular, there was a big concern that, hey, maybe these things are unsafe. And instead of reevaluating, you know, how we have cars or how safe they are in terms of speed and control and licensing and all that stuff, it was like, oh, no, it's people walking on the street who are in, they're the problem getting in the way. But regardless. So for the oil industry, it's the same kind of thing in terms of climate change. They've done studies like throughout the 80s and early 90s and insurance companies, too. They did the studies. They knew that this stuff is going to actually affect climate change. They know it's going to increase water, increase uh, by my increased water. I mean, sorry, uh, increase the uh, the rising sea <laughs> levels from the ice caps melting. They knew all this. They mapped it all out. They know where the danger zones are. They know what areas are at risk for flood. But we kind of like you buying our oil because we make millions, if not billions of dollars on it. So, so profitable. What are we supposed to do? Like not <laughs> sell oil? Like, So you have Shell, right? Who, who oh, tweeted? Yeah. This is a legit tweet that they eventually deleted because it's so full of shit. Do you have the, so the, the timestamp on it? 
Like, uh, this is from, from November 2nd, 2020, okay? Unbelievable. Shell put out a poll tweet, so basically... Wait, this is literally a few days ago? Yeah, this was last week, I guess. Oh, that's whack. Oh, my God. They said... This is a tweet that Shell did. They said, what are you willing to change to help reduce emissions? And they said, hashtag energy debate, right? What are you willing to change to help reduce emissions? Shell, an oil company that fucking pollutes, like, no one... Like, no matter how much pollution or waste I create, I could never, never. outweigh what Shell never. does in my entire life. Yeah. Unless uh, I end up owning Shell or something like that, but which isn't going to happen. But no. right. Like, what, was the, what was the response, Pablo? Tell me what the response was. Well, these are the, the options that we have here. They have offset emissions, stop flying, buy electric vehicle, and then renewable electricity. Those are your options there. But it's really something that is tone deaf as fuck. Yeah, I but, I would love to see uh, people like people's tweets back to that. You know, I don't have the actual thread because, like I said, they deleted it, and I'm reading it off like uh, Gizmodo. I'll have this in the in the show notes, so you can go and look at it. But it's it's clearly something that is out of touch. Again, the reason why it's out of touch is because they want to. They know environmentalism. The climate change debate, people pushing for reforms in this area. They know this is something that people are into right now. So as Shell, as they would probably argue, trying to be a responsible corporate citizen, this is them trying to do our part to make sure that, you know, we're all together for the betterment of our society and the planet and the future. Like, right. But it doesn't acknowledge that hey, part of the reason why we're in this mess in terms of yeah. like climate change is because of companies like Shell. It holds zero accountability. Yeah, it's it's so tone deaf. It's like it's as if, oh, my God, I don't know, uh, like McDonald's made a poll talking about animal cruelty or something or talking against big farms, you know, mm-hmm. like, where do you get off? <laughs> Yeah, so this is directly from uh, the article, which supports like what I was saying before, that companies knew about the dangers of contributing to the climate crisis from their own activities in terms of extracting and processing oil, because oil is used in a ton of, ton of products. So it's not just like gasoline for cars. That's one big factor, yeah. but so many products are made uh, using oil, oil or crude oil. Uh, So here it says the company's own scientists warn about its role in driving the climate crisis dating to at least the 1980s. And yet it plowed full steam ahead playing that role. Its actions since 1988 are responsible for 2% of all global emissions. So even from the 1980s, you'd think that like when ran and that whole like on the back of like climate change being a actual threat that would cause a stir but no so you see there again so they're trying to again hop on current bandwagon we can say of of this move towards cleaner energy to help reduce the issues that we're facing in terms of the changing climate but again they're not acknowledging what they've done in the past that has kind of put us in our present right now yeah. And will affect our future. So this is a follow-up tweet that's here that they oh, that they, they did. Follow-up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they deleted this too because this is not like screen capped. It's just a, a quotation in text. But it says they they tweeted changing the energy system requires everyone to play their part. As for our part, we said last week that Shell will reshape its portfolio of assets and products to meet the cleaner energy needs of its customers in the coming decades. And now that's fine on its surface. Reacting so much. What's that? You guys can't see my face, but I'm reacting so much. Oh yeah, I had to click off the screen <sighs> there to, to read it. But you see, that's what I'm saying. That's what they're trying to highlight. They're, try- they're trying to, like I said, get in on this movement of the environmentalism, of trying to say, hey, you know, we're just like you. We care about the environment. We absolutely care about the environment. We want a cleaner, brighter future so that everyone can benefit, which is great. I'm not saying don't have that outlook on life or how you run your company, but why are you doing it now and not back in the 80s when you knew this was a problem? Because no one cared as much back in the 80s as they do now. Even then, as an oil company, it's like... (laughs) 
It's so out of left field to want to do that. I feel like the person who manages Shell's Twitter account, they were like late to work that day or something. And they were like, okay, what are we going to do? So like, we got to, we got to fit in with the kids today. Uh, send us something about the environment. Like, ah, I'll send something about the environment. And they didn't run it by their boss. And they just like put it out there. Some poor sap got fired over this. Maybe. And rightfully so. Dumb as hell. Because again, it, it it doesn't, and this is what I'm saying, like in terms of controlling their narrative and public perception, because if you're someone who's unfamiliar, because not everyone looks into this, not everyone knows this information, people will take it at face value. Like last week uh, or in the previous episode where me and Christian, we discussed historical accuracy in film or when you're watching any piece of media, people will take certain things at face value. So in this case, even though it's uh, this is not like a piece of media in, in the sense of like a film or a TV show or whatever, but people will come across this tweet and, yeah. or, you know, similar actions like this, corporate oh, statements that are put out there and assume that, oh, OK, yeah, Shell is not bad, yeah. right? Yeah. They're doing you know, their media part. definitely requires a certain amount of media literacy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's on the Internet. You got to fucking you, you got to think twice. For sure. But a lot of people won't. But this is just a highlight. That's the probably the reason why they're putting it out there. So they can say, hey, we're doing our part. Yeah. But of course, you always have to evaluate why companies are saying these things, right? Again, it's the same as though they're like, you or me, we care about the environment. We want to do what is right. And it's like, well, you had a chance to do what's right, but you didn't for the longest time. And you could argue what? today that you don't even really care. <laughs> this is just, yeah. you know, the attempt to trying to like facade. Get, and get the green folks in with shell of all things um yeah but you, you know what really that you this reminded me of uh i was watching uh, again for this uh, i was watching this other video called how ads got woke yeah uh, and it talked about like uh this and like the kylie jenner ad oh yeah so we'll ad, get to that yeah i'm sure uh this might be a nice segue for that and like yeah. and like Callan Kaepernick like going and doing stuff for nike because of his activism right yes um like that video talked about how that kind of thing where ads typically focus on like identity based issues, like isn't anything is again, isn't, isn't really no. new. No. Like we see this kind of like ads, like I kind of said before, have to reflect like our societal values. Right. And like we saw these, uh, it, the, the video was talking about like how they saw this, you saw this kind of thing, like in the late 19th and early 20th century targeting young women specifically like white women because and spinning the like rise of feminism right to try to sell them pro- more products right yeah uh like oh you can be why be a suffragette when you could smoke and still show your independence and you know new feminism right yeah uh and what the video specifically was talking about was like how advertisers and companies will like dilute the political movement to suit their marketing like co-opting the message without using the all the, the full language of it right oh, of course yeah like and that shell ad really like i feel speaks to that because they're like talking about you know people they're, they're using the ideas that are around like green stuff these days right like viewing your part and like reducing your things right but without having the whole narrative of how like big corporations like shell are some of the are the biggest contributors to climate change right yeah Yeah, they don't want to acknowledge their responsibility in the situation, but they just want you to know that we're going to do our part to create a brighter, cleaner future. Exactly. And it's like, sure, you're trying to cultivate a personal brand for your company, but when it starts coming down to like identity issues, you have to be like, you can't not be nuanced, right? Like uh, the Kylie Jenner ad, I think real Pepsi ad really hits on this and we can talk about this, right? It's like, yeah not it talks about racism in america on the heels of black lives matter but is so like reduces it to right like oh let's just be friends with the police let's be friends and offer them a pepsi that's like you're take you're stripping everything of like of nuance from that argument and from like the whole civil rights of well not the whole civil rights movement but like that that kind of like ideology right and the whole everything that like that by like reducing it to those kinds of things. Well, and that's the thing with so with the with the Kylie Jenner, is it Kylie Jenner or Kendall Jenner? I I don't know who's who. Oh God, I don't know either. Okay, whatever. <laughs> with the Kylie, we'll just say Kylie Jenner. <laughs> with that ad, that Pepsi ad again, it's to 
seem as though they're just like you and me. Hey, we can all get along. We just want, we just want peace and a Pepsi. Peace and a Pepsi. That's their new slogan. That's what we want. It's Kendall. Oh, it's Kendall Jenner. Okay, there you go. I, I, I don't know who's who. Aside from saying, hey, you know, we, we get it, right? There's civil unrest, but let's, let's have a Pepsi. They're saying that. But the other part is the outrage culture that we have uh, on the internet. Because uh, not just on the internet, but it's easily facilitated by the internet. Because you can, you know, people right, like to go rage on Twitter very easily, very quickly. The other thing about that ad Again, so companies are trying to make you interested in them, whether it's through anger, whether it's through comedy, whether it's through something else, they want you interested in them. So part of the ad is, yes, co-opting that message that people are struggling, you know, against police brutality and government violence and subjugation of minorities in the U.S. because it's a U.S. ad. They, they, they want to seem as though they're part of it, but at the same time, they want you talking about Pepsi, right? Because that ad came out. A lot of people thought, oh, this was like a faux pas. Obviously, they should have known. This is not a good look. But at the calculated. same time, it generated. I, I don't like to think that like everyone's like super knowledgeable in terms of like predicting this kind of stuff. But it did in fact generate a lot of interest in Pepsi. And I believe their shares went up shortly after the ad went out because it's something everyone is talking about and negative impressions last longer in us than positive ones. That's you, true. You'll that remember aired, what, four years ago now and yeah. we're still talking about, it. but on any experience, you'll remember negativity more than you'll remember positivity. Because they could have done the same ad or similar ad and a uh, happy message, yeah. right? But I think it's because you have like the protesters against the armed police that are there. And then you have uh, Kendall Jenner coming out, handing them a pet. Like it all just seems so wrong to a whole group of people, right? So they're going to get pissed off at all this. The, they're going to be a bunch of people pissed off at the co-opting the message. And they're going to have people who don't see a problem with the message. You think, oh, okay, this is cool or whatever, right? Yeah, I was I was going to ask you this thought just popped into my head. Do you yes. think it would have been better or worse had they substituted Ke Kendall Jenner for just a regular for not for like an extra or like some person who was not a celebrity? It probably would not have gotten the same amount of attention. I think definitely because you have someone who is so widely recognized as the person handing the 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 Pepsi to the police or whatever. Yeah. It definitely strikes a chord more than if it was just some random actor that they got to do it because the Kardashian Jenners like are massively hated, but also massively popular. Right. There's a reason why they're all worth like several billion dollars and stuff and why people are always talking about them because they generate interest. They generate buzz. They generate sales because clearly True. they're financially successful. Like I don't understand it personally, but a lot of people like them. Yeah, no, that I was I was going to say a similar thing. I think like having cut like, having Kendall Jenner there. Kendall, yeah. Like like <laughs> being the person to give the coke makes paints her as the, Pepsi, the like the spokes. Pepsi, not coke. You can't Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, branding. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> exactly. Uh to give the Pepsi like paints her as the like spokesperson for this like new like oh let's stop racism thing yeah which and how many people are gonna be pissed off hilarious. at that yeah because like <laughs> kendall jenner is a wealthy yes white woman right yes. like it like doubly makes it more like ludicrous which i think if you're think if you're as you were talking about they might have considered that and still ran the ad that's massive. Because the ad, <laughs> the point of the ad is to generate interest. Ultimately, it's to generate interest in Pepsi. So they don't really care if you get pissed off about it as long as you're talking about it. And this will come in to our topic the following week, the following episode. The medium is the message, right? So I don't, I'm not going to say too much about it now. But yeah. again, Precursor, I studied literature, so I have a lot of things to say about this. Well, well I studied communication, so I have a lot to say about it, too. Oh, so it's going yeah. to be a good one. Yeah ready for some theory heavy episode <laughs> yeah so it, it comes down to it doesn't matter what's going on it's just like mm -hmm. this is the environment that we want to set up for you so that you care about pepsi regardless of what we say you're going to contribute to the system you're going to buy the pepsi yeah or you're going to talk about the pepsi that's that's what ultimately that's their goal 
So mm-hmm. they'll do that by whichever whichever way possible. I was gonna, I was, gonna, yes. I was just about to say that seems kind of like at odds with um what we were talking about before. Sure. Uh, well, not at odds, but like it's a different. I, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, it's just a different kind of marketing than like they're not trying to be. Re- they are trying to be relatable, but not like th- that's not the main thing. Whereas like the Twitter account Wendy's is trying to be relatable to like millennials and like people on the internet, right? Uh, well, I think it's a combination. I think you can have several things that are true at the same time because they are trying to be relatable because they didn't just it's not they didn't just have Kylie or Kendall Jenner saying, hey, drink a Pepsi. I'm Kendall Jenner. Right. They could have done that, too. They didn't have to bring in yes. the whole protest uh, movement. You know, the rise of Black Lives Matter stuff going on. That was that was gold. <laughs> So it plays into like, cause you can break these down on several levels. So I would say they yeah. are attempting that because they, I would, I would say that this is a conscious choice. I don't think a lot of advertising isn't random, even things that seem random, right? Like to us, yeah. you might think, oh, that was a weird non sequitur, you know, transition that they made there that you see sometimes with like really random ads. There's the, I don't know. Did you, did you happen to watch the video? Of, uh, I think it was a wisecrack video of like Tim and Eric. Oh, no, I haven't. Uh, Actually, I totally did watch that video. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about the ads that they've done for, Mm -hmm. and they have like a weird style. Yeah, they're the ones who do the, it's free real estate. Yeah. (laughs) It's a choice, right? Like that. It's it's Mm -hmm. a certain aesthetic. It's a certain choice. So it's something that's intentional that they did. It was not, it's not by accident, right? So they are definitely trying to appeal to you in that way. But there's other things that are going on with that ad too. So we're going to cut it off here because this episode or the recording of this episode went longer than we planned because we have the, a lot more to say. The discussion was so good. We couldn't stop talking. So <laughs> be on the lookout for part two, which would come the following week. Thank you for listening to part one. Be on the lookout for part two. It's going to be a good time. Uh, also, if you're interested in other things that are not this podcast, even though this is a pretty good thing to listen to, uh, there is another podcast that you might be interested in uh, that myself and Dexter have had a hand in creating. Pablo, what's the name of it? It is October Jones and Fish with Legs. October Jones and Fish with Legs. Uh, it's a narrative uh, fantasy uh, podcast uh, about October Jones, so a human teenager, and her companion, Fish with Legs, who is... A fish with legs, uh, and their adventures to thwart uh, an evil plan from happening, among other things. They get into a lot of shenanigans. Uh, it's very cool, very heartfelt. I composed all the original music for it, uh, so feel free to check it out on all the places that you can get uh, podcasts on, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. That's October Jones and Fish with Legs. All right, perfect, and be sure to check that out. I also make an appearance in a future episode. So it's a great job. <laughs> So this is the again, again the end of part one. So I've been your podcast person, Pavlo, also known as JPav, also known as Pav, also known as Pavi. And with me in this first part is Alex. So that's me. We will see you in part two. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs>